Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, it's the opening of the show. All right. Well, we already did the show. Now it's uh, my opening, but we're not doing it into my phone because Katie's here. So we're just doing it the regular way. But this is the opening. There's one thing I forgot, and I'll feel better if I get it off my chest, even in the opening. Um, Somebody wrote me a letter, and his name is Dan, and it was about – a lot of times I'll say – I'll quote – you know, when people say, hey, if we let gay people get married, then dogs are going to get married, and then people are going to ma- marry multiple people. And he says, why am I throwing that in there? First of all, I'm not throwing it at all. I'm just saying that's what people do. He's saying separate marrying dogs from people that are in that are polygamist. polygamist. Now, even though I don't know a, a lot about polygamist, and for me to have a really – you know, a, a different opinion, I would have to do a lot of research – but hey, if it's if if someone's a consenting adult, we're not obviously we're not talking about yeah we're not advocating you know recruiting thirteen year old girls and brainwashing right. them into right. thinking this is the only way to live right. But I'm sure adults want to enter into a, some sort of a contract with each other that that they want fine fine. So so yes, I, uh, as soon as I read that, I'm like oh I don't care because right. I don't want people to go oh look at him he says they should be able to do this and that. But yeah, obviously. So now that you know that I said that, yes, if you know. So um, there we go. And then so, the letter. And then, yes, and then the letter is from, which I always talk about, and I forgot to do this in the show today. That's why I'm doing it in the opening, um, about the, that they should teach empathy in classes. And the woman wrote a letter in. Uh, Amy Yater, I and, think. And what does she say to reference what website to teach good? Uh, it's bucketfillers101.com. She says her sister is a first grade teacher, and she uses ideas from the Bucket Filling Book Series in her classroom. The basic concept from the company website is that books encourage positive Behavior, behavior as children see how very easy and rewarding it is to express kindness, appreciation, and love on a daily basis. So go, go look at that website. And there we go. And then here's the show, everybody. Now entering Nerdist.com. <sighs> All right. Hi, everybody. Hi. This, this is the episode. The one that I've been putting off and putting off and putting off because... Oh, why even explain? I want to be a man of my word when people say I'm going to do something. So I'm not that it's a big deal, but hey, something doesn't have to be a big deal for you want people to think you're a man of your word. Like if someone says they're picking you up to take you somewhere, you're like, okay, be on time. So I apologize and I don't want to make a habit of that. Oh, we're putting it up Monday. We're putting it up Monday. We're going to try to go through this. I'm going to try to do this uh, in under an hour and clean my head. So I kept putting this episode off and putting it off, and it was just because I kept getting a lot of emails. So we just thought we'd sit down today. We tried doing it when we were in Vegas, and then that didn't work. So here we go. So um, first of all, for what it's worth, and um, only because I, my mom called, my brother called me today, and he said he got the PSA 
but my mom, the PSA that's, uh, where would I say that's, it's on YouTube. The PSA that you shot. Yeah. Okay. We did, uh, I did a PSA and uh, it was, uh, well, people either saw it. If you didn't, you can go see it. But um, my mom, my brother told me my mom didn't really understand it. You know, and my mom's very, very intelligent. Right. And I said, you know, I had that fear that some people would and some people wouldn't. And as long as overwhelmingly most people got it, I was happy. And when I read some of the comments, enough to go, okay, people get it. But um, the, here, here's how the PSA came about. It was me and Daniel, I think, talking about if somebody had a gay kid and uh, they weren't accepting that gay kid and they were maybe threw him out of the house, maybe, uh, you know, were giving him a hard time, maybe wanted to bring him to a therapist, and they just were not dealing with it well at all. Uh, to the point of kicking him out of the house, and you said, uh, or hey. even or even worse, this would be worse is that instead of kicking him out, they just daily they bombarded him well, and bombarded. That's him. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. And uh, so, if you went to that person, and it's a hypothetical to make a point, and you said, "Hey, I can have your uh, your kid, your your daughter, or your son. Um, I can have him killed," you would be like, "Oh my God, no!" You, I, I, I mean, I'm having a this has really not been nice to deal with, and, and it's, it's really driving me and my wife crazy or whatever. But no, no, we don't want our son killed. So what you're basically saying is, no, we won't kill him, but we will um, make him feel so bad about himself that eventually maybe he'll take his own life. So that's what the PSA was trying to say. Like, is there a big difference? One, you're shooting a kid. And it's, again, it's a hypothetical situation. One, you're shooting a kid. Boom, it's over. And you would go, oh, my God, I wouldn't do that. But what you're defending is what you're doing. And that's just – that to me, in a comedic way, what you're doing is more manipulative, more evil. Like you're going, no, it will take two, three years and just pound into him that he's not right and he needs help. And And then when he finally commits suicide – you think your hands are clean because it's not like we killed him. We were just trying to help him. Or right. I mean, those people right. don't draw a distinction between the right. two. And that's the point that you were trying to illustrate, that there is no distinction between there, the there two. There isn't. And, and, I, and, I, and I did talk to one parent that had a kid that commi- tried to commit suicide. Then they saw the light of day, and now they have the most unbelievably healthy relationship. And I talked to him about this PSA before I did it. Now, granted, their son isn't dead. He's alive and healthy. But it took him trying to commit suicide for them to see the light of day. And um, they said, no, this PSA is fine. If that's what it takes to rattle someone, that's just their opinion. But you know what? That's all I needed. So that's what basically the message of the PSA was. And um, there we go. So secondly, and um, uh, we, um, we're gonna tr- we were going to start that campaign and have people put up YouTube videos of basically straight people saying, uh, somebody said I should call it the Todd Glass Project, and um, basically just saying in a no-nonsense way, hey, you are fine. Well, the whole world might be giving you, giving you a hard time right now, and I can't make that go away. Just know in your gut. That's not going to make life easier some days with what you're dealing with, but just somewhere in your gut know that you're fine. And the, P- and the, and the uh, YouTube, to so put on like, you know, uh, one-minute YouTube clips. But I found out through the people that helped me with my website, it's hard for people that don't have a YouTube account to put up YouTube videos. Now, some people might be listening and go, okay, we could do it, but some people can't. So what we're going to do is put them on the Facebook page of... Of, of uh, Facebook.com slash Todd Glass Show. Yeah, right. So we'll, we'll, it's going to take a little while because I'll tell you why. Um, so we're going to put them up on the Facebook page, and then we'll load them to YouTube. We'll start putting them over in YouTube, and then eventually people can. But, but uh, one person started it, and it, I thought it was so kind that they did it. I think there's one on there. Um, it really was kind to be the first person that does that, to hear me say I want to do that, and then they do it. It's very nice. But um, 
I want to do a few ourselves. Like Daniel's going to do one. Gary Goldman's going to do one. I think Sarah Silverman's going to do one. I'm going to try to get a few of my friends. So you'll be able to sort of certainly put it into your own words, but you'll be able to follow sort of a um, – we just wanted to point people in the right direction. In the right direction. It yeah. should, and we're going to say, when, once we try to do ours, we're going to say maybe under a minute. You know, a minute and a half. We're, while we're doing ours, we're going to figure it out how long it should be. So for the, for the uh, Todd Glass Project, straight people putting up videos online. And because I think it will show adults and kids. I always say kids. Um, and when we talk about gay, I think also, look at me saying it. Uh, we also think of, for some reason, I think a lot of times we go, you know, he. But... You know, there's, uh, there's right. obviously, you know, uh, girls, too, going through the same exact thing. Of course, it makes me even feel absurd to say that they are. But I think sometimes in, when I'm talking, I'm talking, I just don't include that. But the point of these is that, we, you know, <clears throat> I think we're trying to reach out to people who don't hear that message enough. A lot, right. a, a, a lot of kids or, you know, or even, you know, teenagers or just grownups that adults. are dealing with adults that are dealing with this. They know that eventually if they move everything, you know, there is a group of accepting people. They know that eventually it's going to work out. But I think what they don't hear enough is that there is absolutely nothing wrong with them today. Yeah, and it's and not. What's and what's wrong with people is uh, the, the problem are people around them, not them. Right. And it's not. And, and also, I, I, I wanted to go. Past even gay or lesbian or transgender, past that, anything. You know, yes. like we've talked about this a million times. The one go-to I always go, if, like you're a football player and you, you love girls, you're totally straight, but yet there's something that's not traditionally for a guy to do. That too. Just yes. my leave everybody the fuck alone. But the reason I want to put these That's on, where it should be. Leave everybody the fuck alone campaign. Well, we'll talk about that later, that sometimes it's hard to not want to spread a message of love and then sometimes you get angry doing it. But... The reason I want to put those videos on there, because I think uh, I always say kids because it's harder for them. As you get older, you, you, you have a different way to look at it. You can even sympathize the people that gave you a hard time because they're truly the ill ones um, that you'd be surprised at how many people feel this way. And that's what happened to me when people thought, oh, is this going to change your life after you did the Mark Marin show? Is that going to change your life? And I thought it wouldn't because in, inwardly I always knew I was OK. But it really did when people come up to me after shows and they don't look – I was stereotyping a little. They looked like someone that was maybe a jock or didn't get it or wasn't – I perceived and would have the most intelligent, warm things to say of positivity positivity mm-hmm. from someone you wouldn't think would be that positive. And I, and I think it's cool. And I think when these videos up, you're going to be surprised. You're going to see them from all types of people that are just brilliantly open-minded. Simplicity. Simplicity. It's just simple. And so there we go. So there we got that. And out I of think the way. Like a, a lot of it, a lot of the bullying or or a lot of the finger pointing stems from a majority, a perceived majority, picking on a minority. Like if you're in a high school somewhere rural, it doesn't have to be rural. I don't want to stereotype, but I think the perception is, oh, you're weird. You're not like the rest of us, so we're going to make fun of you. And I think what we really want to show is that those guy, those bullies are the minority. The majority of the cool, interesting people that are going out and making this world happen and a better place are the weird, interesting people. Well, it tends to be that way. But again, going from being a kid that's going through that, through that and I'm not negating what you're saying at all because I say the same thing. At the end of all of it, it just still fucking sucks when you're going through it. And you can hear all these campaigns and this and that. And you're like, yeah, but right now, my everyday life, I'm scared shitless and it blows. And, you know, so that's... I'm hoping that a campaign like this will at least let you know what's out there in the world and see all the different types of people that are 
that are past this already. And you said something, Daniel, that I thought was interesting, that you know, most people that are hateful are hateful across the board. That if you went to all these people that were anti-gay and you went, okay, we're going to get rid of all the gay people. You're right. Yeah. We're done. Are you telling me that you will not find a new group of people to hate and, and whose rights you want to repress? Right. Like after tomorrow, all the gay people are gone. You're going to hold hands with everybody and be a happy person. Right. I don't fucking believe it. Yeah, it, it sounds a little silly, doesn't it? I think you'll find someone else. But again trying to stay clean with my thoughts today and really get through some stuff here. Um, so, I, you know, I had a, a situation come up. I want to move – I want to talk about this really quick. Um, you know, we, it's, it's easy to talk about, you know, being empathetic and being sensitive and being caring and being giving. And I had a, somebody come up to me after a show, and they were autistic, and it was a guy. I wasn't sure if they were just – there's a big difference between someone that's a little, a little off but – Autistic or uh, accountable for accountable for their craziness, you know, a crazy person that you might or somebody that's autistic. And you when you realize that somebody, oh, they're autistic or they're there's a name for it. And I can't Asperger's. say Asperger's. And then you realize that and you should be gentle and kind. And I was, but I realized that I could have been even kinder. And I went back to the situation there. I went back and found him and was and gave him the time that I thought. But I thought my friends have a kid that is that has that um, Asperger. Yeah, and um, I thought if he was a full grown adult and he went somewhere, would I wanted would I have wanted him to be treated or you know the way? And it wasn't horrible. I just wasn't as nice. And I thought, you know what, Todd, put your fucking money where your mouth is. You could have been a little little nicer. Mm -hmm. Does that does that a little mean, bit more patient and a little more patient? I yeah. by the way, if you saw the way I treated him, it would be by no means anything. You'd be like, oh my god, in horror. I just thought I could have done more than that. That was my chance to uh, to uh, put my money where my mouth is. So. I just think um, there, there you go. And um, a lot of the times those people are very aware uh, of what's happening. They're aware that they're not communicating the same way that everybody else is, which is what, what makes it even harder, I think. So I think if you go out of your way to really and show them and not just meet them 50 percent, but go 90 percent there. Go, and he, you know what? He loved, they do appreciate it. He loved comedy. And for that alone, it made me sort of melt later when I thought about it. Like, could I have done more? He loved comedy. And uh, – so, so there's that. So, and by the way, one other thing when, when you know I deal with this a lot on the show. Even though I get an amazing amount of emails, which by the way they help when people go, don't worry about getting serious here and there. You know, it's okay. I realized, and again, we go back to it's the gift of conversation. You say something, the other person that disagrees with you on the other end isn't there to. I get it. You can only do so much when you're when you get an email and then you respond to it. But with that in mind, I'm going to give it a shot. When people say I think I get too serious in the middle of the show, I got to imagine that that's people that don't agree with me. I know when I talk about spanking kids, my theories on that. But you know what? So for once on this show, and this is not my act, because in my act, I can tell you, I always will be funnier than I am preachy. If I have something to say in my act, I promise you, I'm not lecturing. It's a, people are coming to see stand-up comedy. They have a right to want to see stand-up comedy. Now, you can say shit. But make it funnier than it is preachy. But this is the podcast, and that's something and different. And proof of that, like we uh, we had to drop bits out of your uh, our special just because you felt, yeah, this is a great point, but I'm not getting the laugh big enough. Yeah, not that, the, yeah. that it deserves it. Right. Cut it. So, um, as far as you know, um, you know, when I'm getting too serious, I got to imagine that people don't agree with me because. Not that many people, especially comedians, are, you know, you, you, for years I've had to sit in audiences and hear comedians go, hey, uh, you know, um, 
You know, uh, back when I, my mom used to hit me with the wooden paddle and over and over and over and this. And I, uh, my dad used to give me, and I grew up great. And the audience, masses of them. I'm not saying that there's not, they're not the 20 or 30% there that agree with me. Because I'm, when they're saying that, that comedian that's up on stage, you know, rationalizing. I'm sitting in the audience going, oh, gross. The most powerful tool in the world. And you're giving people what they want to hear. It's like when a comedian goes, hey, they're stereotypes because they're true. Don't the fucking masses love to hear that from a comedian? Yes, he's even he's saying it. So I got to believe that anybody in the audience or listening to the podcast, because you don't hear that many comedians go the other way with it. And that's right. when I thought, yeah, be vocal. The others are vocal. Let me be vocal. So I got to imagine that that's someone that doesn't agree, because if, if they did agree, I can't imagine them hearing it and going, oh, enough already, especially on the podcast, on the yes. podcast. Uh, like, yes. In my act, I get it. And one more thing before we move on, when we talk about sensitivity, a lot of times Daniel on the show, before we move on, we're, we're doing it right now. This is it. Um, a lot of times Daniel will say, well, why are you talking to people like, you know, uh, defending the audience going, you, you have a, you know, for lack of a better word, a, a hip audience. They get it. And, and then when sometimes when you're, you're negating these things. So, uh, like I always, I always feel that you're preaching to the choir, right? That, right. that, you're, that everybody agrees with you. So if you want to just sit, talk about things, that's fine. But you're not convincing anyone or you're not bringing anyone you know what I mean, right. over or giving them any new ideas. And I think I was wrong. Well, sometimes there's people that listen. And, and like I said, that if, if, sometimes if they're young enough, you can make them switch their opinion if you use you know, a comedic way or a comedic tone or even a, 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 a – Or even a little bit of logic. A, yeah, a vulgar – what I call vo- vulgar poetry when you're like just a little more grit about it and you're fucking talking about it. And someone likes you already, you can switch them over to your side. I hope so. Um, the older you get, the more you get stuck in your ways. But I always like when people say, and I'm even, and the reason I know this, because there's some comedians, and I won't mention their names, that I really respect. But some of the things that come out of their mouth, I'm like, oh, you're not evolved as I thought you were. And I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again in a different way. When people say, I, it happened to me, and, I, and I'm okay. You know, this is what happened to me. Well, you're deciding you're okay. I would love to look at someone that says, hey, I was bullied and I was spanked. By the way, this is when I say you want to spread the message of love, but you can't do it with anger, and sometimes it's hard. So with that in mind, when people would go, oh, we're always going to have bullying, I fucking know. It's not about to end 100% of the bullying. That would be great. It's to work at it and give, do a little better than we're fucking doing. So if you're sitting out there going, we're all going to have bullying, yeah, I fucking get it. I know that's yelling, but it's like I can't believe there's someone sitting home going, Todd thinks we can end 100% of bullying, or that movie was to end 100% of bullying. No, we get it logically that you're never going to do that, but you can fucking do more than we're doing. I'm overusing the F word. Or you can at least acknowledge the fact that it's wrong and it shouldn't be done. How well, about just because, that? because I'll tell you why. That person perceives themselves to be okay. They're saying, hey, I was bullied, and my parents spanked me. And I'm okay, because if I wasn't okay, I'm sure that person's thinking, if I look, I'm not perfect, I'm sure they're saying. They're saying, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm pretty evolved. And if I wasn't, then I would want to rethink it. I'd think, geez, I'm not okay. Maybe spanking isn't good. Maybe it doesn't teach you communication skills. Give me one second here. Maybe bullying did knock some shit out of me. So, yeah, I didn't turn out all right. Maybe it's not good. But they're not saying, they're, they're going, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I would like to watch you for a 24-hour period, hypothetically, on a hidden camera. Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I fucking wouldn't be. Not the majority of the time. There's always freak occasions where everything went wrong with somebody and they turned out right. 
Okay, that's not the norm. That's not the fucking norm. I would like to watch that person for 24 hours that claims, hey, I was hit, I was spanked, I was hit with a wooden paddle, I was bullied, and I... Watch you for 24 hours and see what you think okay is. Watch the way you deal with your girlfriend. Watch the way you deal with your children. Watch how patient you are. I bet after 24 hours I could show you footage. Not, again, I'm not looking to show you footage because you're not perfect. Nobody is. I'm talking about I could show you footage that would make you go, maybe I'm not okay. Um, here's what, to me, a person that was sp- – let's just take spanking as, as the example here. Here's what, to me, a person who has been spanked as a kid – and grew up to be okay sounds like, yeah, I was spanked, and it's a fucking miracle that I grew up okay and I don't do it to my children. It's a miracle that I learned, read enough books, and I don't hate my parents for doing it, but they spanked me, and, and I don't do it with my kids because I know how I felt. That's yeah. a person that's okay. The minute you go, hey, I was spanked, I'm fine, I spanked my kids. Well, you're not fine because you're hitting your children. So right. clearly you didn't. I don't even need to go see how, how you talk to your wife. You beat your kids. You're not fine. And by the way, I always say, look, I'm sure I do the same thing I'm about to tell people not to do when people go right to finding the wrong in what you're saying. Someone's listening to me right now, maybe, and going, oh, oh, try to find out what I'm saying right. Try to find out what I'm saying right. Even I hear these things later and go, oh, I should have made that more clear. I should have tweaked that. Oh, that was... Try to find out what I'm saying is right instead of going to, you know, one thing that you're finding. Because I know overall what I'm saying is good. We're not condemning parents. I've said, I, don't, I want to move past this literally in 30 seconds. We're not condemning parents um, that, that have hit their children. There's, they're, they're on the sliding scale of what spanking is, it's all over the place. Uh, but, it, it, but, but we're just saying when you say you were okay, this has to do with bullying and stuff like that. Um, My parents spanked me. This is true. And I turned out Okay. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> well, I love when they're, you know, I, I don't want to say, I would like to see the day where there's no spanking, but, you know, the wooden paddle thing, that's when I go. The spanking, I'm willing to put in a gray area in its time. In its, in its hold on, in its time, put into a gray area. We should move past even what they call proper spanking with the right amount of pressure or whatever you want to call it. I, I want to move past that too. But the wooden paddle, and then someone's going, hey, I turned out all right. Oh, would I love to watch you for 24 hours. You mean like there's a big difference between if you just lost your temper and you, and you used your hand to spank your kid just because you couldn't express. That's one thing, right? But then if you actually did make a decision, oh, you sit here, and then you're going to go out and get a tool yeah. to beat him with, and you come back. You have time to think about right. what you're doing. And right. So that's a lot worse, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, no, it's not. The, the parents, I'm willing to forgive. Certain parents. Depends how aggressive, you know, what their level of spanking was but a kid that goes yeah you know you're supposed to use your experiences to create empathy not to create that it's okay you know it's not you're supposed not to, to give have, your hate excuses yeah yeah so um the other thing that that i wanted to talk about as we move on here is that you know I always say, here's another one when I'm trying not to use, to spread a message of, you know, peace and tolerance, and then I throw off at the mouth sometime at it. Um, I said to somebody once, you know, when you're, when you have experienced, uh, when you were a group of people and experienced being judged on anything outside of who you are or the actions you do, you're just judged on your color or your sex, and you turn around and do it, you might not realize you're doing it. You might think yours is excusable. But that's the grossest of gross. Now, that's a weird word for me to use, but I love it's for some reason it's cathartic. Gross and pathetic. If you are gay and you're racist, 
or if you are black and you are sexist, or you, you, you see where I'm going with this. I'll use gay because I'm gay. Um, Ew. Gross. <laughs> Call her, go ahead. Oh, my God. I'll use gay because you know there are. Because someone said to me once when I was giving the other examples, and here's when I said, oh, my God, does... I, I got frustrated because I was using all the examples, but I never said, and there's gay people that are racist. And someone pointed that out in an email, sort of in a, in a little bit of aggressive way. And I was thinking, of course I fucking know that. I just forgot to list that. Mm-hmm. I also didn't list, uh, you know, uh, Mexican. And, you know, I, you, you just you, you go three and then you go dot, dot, dot. If you're gay and you're racist or whatever – you got to really fucking take a look at your life because I'm sure you think yours is excusable, but it is it's disgusting. And, I'll, and again, I'm going to give myself 30 seconds to move past this one. You may as well go to the group that suffered for you and spit whoever it is, Rosa Parks, go to her coffin and spit on it and go, you know what I learned from you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if she could talk, she might go, why? What do you mean? I've learned nothing. I'm uh, turn around. I'm doing the same fucking thing to other people. Or if you're gay, I, it's Ma- you know Matthew Shepard. Yeah, go to Matthew. Yeah, right, right. If you're if you're gay, go to Matthew Shepard's coffin because the only one thing you could do to make him not die for no fucking reason is to not turn around and do it to another group. That's it. He's not coming back. So there's one thing that you could do for him. So he's so he's not died in vain, as they say. It's don't turn around and do it to another person. Not at any level. If 10 is the worst of racism and you think you're doing it at about a one or you say thing, anything, when you have little, you think racism, if you're gay and you think racism is, oh, if you would burn a cross on someone's lawn or you would, you know, uh, harm somebody, even saying things that are just facts that are wrong or saying or, 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 or stereotyping people because your little titty bit of racism it just gives the people that are worse. By the way, um, <clears throat> we were talking about this, and this point came out. If you, if you consider yourself an open-minded person, right, and you're not racist, you wouldn't identify yourself as a racist. But if your daughter started dating a black guy, you would be uncomfortable with that, right? Or, or if you think, hey, everybody, gay people, I'm fine with gay people. Why do they want to get married, though? That's like the only thing I don't understand. Other than that, I'm fine with that. My son's friends with gay guys. I don't mind that. I just – why do they have to have marriage? Just so you know. And then in your mind you go, well, at least I'm not burning crosses. At least I'm not beating up kids in my pickup truck. You might think there's a difference between you and those people. But it's important that you know that they don't. They don't think there's a difference between, between them, them and, and you. you. Say all, what you said. All they think is that you don't have enough balls to do what they do. Mm-hmm. But there is a, no doubt in their mind that, they, that you feel the exact same way they do. They're just braver than you. Right. That's all they think. Right. So when you're when they hear you whisper, oh God, yeah, I know. I'm, I wish my, I wish my daughter wouldn't date a black guy. I mean, but you know, I love her. But all they hear is some hateful shit that's right. giving him a passport to go out there and do it. Right. Yeah. So so that that's you know what? Yeah, yeah. That that's why I've always said, you know, to take someone that's incredibly racist. I, I think I want to soak this in a little bit more because I think it's really important that I hate think- is not a sliding scale. Hate is hate. Yeah, and, and, and you think yours isn't as bad, but you, you know, it just gives validity. There's no, hey, let me tell you something. When you have, you know, look, I know zero is a strong word, but when you have or at least attempt to have zero percent hatred or judgment for another group, it makes it hard for the extremist on that group to confuse that you might be part of them. Right. And, 
you know, you just that's why I'm saying. So for this show is, I, you know, I'm I guarantee. I, like when we talk about, you know, I talked about ninety percenters a lot. And again, here's when someone sends me something in the mail. They go, well, to say that you know you could only accept. I'm trying to get people to be a hundred percent open minded. And someone said, well, even your friends aren't. This is an email I got. Now I wouldn't read this email if I thought maybe there's some people out there that could that are echoing this. Maybe someone listens to this show that forwards this to somebody that says, will you just listen to this show? They curse a little, but you know, you know what I mean? They're giving mm-hmm. it to a parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's ending up in their, in their, in their, this, you know, is ending up in their ears. Um, what I was trying to say is here when I wanted to soak in this a little bit more, when it comes to speaking up at a dinner or something like that, and this is what I'm talking about, trying to make 90 percenters into a hundred percenters, Okay, I'm a little all over the place here, folks, but I tr- pr- trust you. If you give me 30 seconds, we'll get back on track. What I was saying was about the um, trying to get 90 percenters to turn into 100 percenters, and somebody wrote me a letter that said, well, even your friends don't agree with not everything you say. You wouldn't not have friends if they didn't agree. We're not talking about on the actions that people make and how you – we're talking about being 100 percent accepting to someone's color or their sex, so I'm not – no, I, I we're just, not friends with anybody who's, who's even a little bit racist. I know people like that. I'm not friends with them. Well, the thing is but, – but the thing – when that person read that and, and, and I thought, God, they're sifting through what I said. You really didn't understand? Like, yeah, that's the way I choose my friends too. You have to be 100% in agreement with everything I say. I'm not – no, not when it comes to your friends. It's a different sliding scale. Some of them, are, they don't all like the same ice cream. But 100 percenters, what I'm trying to make 90 percenters into 100 percenters, when you hold on that last little bit of misinformation, but I'm trying to make that 10 percent stand and have the face of evil for what it is. That 10 percent of hate that you hold on to or, or misinformation, let's say misinformation, echoes what sort of Daniel just said. When they hear that, it, they just think you're not being vocal about it. And I think when I say – so for the 90 percenters to just go all the way and the ultimate is because this could happen overnight, including me. And still, just because I came out does not mean that I still don't have moments where I could go inward. You know, my friend uh, you know, Lynn has a, has a black son and he's – over the years, you think, what? You wouldn't say anything? You, sometimes you don't. You know, you just – you know, uh, that somebody made a joke on a golf course and – when I talk about the 100 percenters speaking up, look, I'm just going to say it the way I say it off the air. Sometimes on the air you try to clean up the harshness of it. We're not going to hear people go, fuck fags, in, hopefully in the circles we're hanging out with. So, so when, I, when I say speak up, it doesn't mean when you hear that because you're probably never going to hear that. Or fucking, you know, using the N-word with a – or fuck or just something horribly piggish, sexist about women. We're probably not going to hear that. Or Muslims. Yes, or, because when our circles, we're not going to hear that. But you might hear people say mild things, and that's what I'm talking about when 100 percenters have to step it up. And I got an email from somebody who said he felt like he let me down. First of all, the fact that you would even think that you let me down makes me feel good that you're taking what I'm saying even seriously. And his name is um, Brad Pearson. And I'm not going to read his whole email, but he, he just said he was in a situation where people were saying things, and it wasn't like I just said. It wasn't like harsh. It was mild, but mild enough he should have stopped it. And, you know, we're, a lot of times when we're at a Thanksgiving dinner, again, if I'm saying speak up, if you're at a Thanksgiving dinner, any dinner, it's, you're not going to hear that extreme anymore in our circles, in our circles. 
so what I'm saying, speak up if somebody says, and by speak up doesn't mean have to be ruined the whole dinner, but we're also worried about ruining the dinner for the people that have just said that. That mild, maybe, I don't know about gay people having kids, or I don't know. Now, by the way, if you don't think gay people should have kids, then I'm not addressing you right now. I'm only addressing the people that are like, okay, with kids or adoption, you know, like, we have whatever they want, that's fine. Like, that's, that's how simple yeah. it is to you. Why are we even talking about this? Why are we this? even talking about that, that type of open-mindedness, yeah. but you just don't speak up about it? You have to because you always worry at a dinner. You're like, is this the time? Can I, can I spread a message of love? But maybe this isn't the time. It's not. Forget about if you're going to ruin someone's dinner. What about the people at that table that are either gay or, or not homophobic? I know if somebody says something racist at a dinner party, I'm not black, but it, f- it can never sting me like it could sting a black person, I'm sure. But I feel it in the gut. I'm like, oh, like nauseous. Like, what did I just fucking hear in 2012? So forget about when you're at a dinner, about whose dinner you're going to ruin. Think about whose dinner you're going to make. And again, I go back to children. If you're 10 or 11 and 12 and you hear something at a dinner, somebody corrects somebody and goes, well, in this house, you can handle it creatively. You don't have to yell and scream. Uh, we think they pretty much, not pretty much, would do anything they want. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, we don't, we're this, you know, we're very, you know. That kid's going to feel like a million bucks. You know why I know that? To be dramatic? Because I fucking lived it. Right. Because I lived it. And I remember being somewhere in situations where someone spoke up for just mild, you know, mild uh, homophobia. You can, you can handle it with humor. You, know? you can just, you don't have to just, you know, but, you, but again, the, the thing that I want to make crystal clear is it's not going to be aggressive like fuck queers or fucking black or, you know, women or... It's going to be mild, but you have to snuff out that mildness because, you know, if there was a if there was a little uh, 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 flicker of a fire in your what do they call that? An, um, amber. An amber. God, I love Daniel. I'm um, an amber. And, you know, in your garage, when you were going in there, you'd put it out. Right. You wouldn't just wait till it was a huge flame. You put it out because right. you know what? That that little amber turns into a little more and then your whole fucking garage. So put out the little ambers and do it classy and do it tastefully. And you will. I guarantee you. I love throwing numbers out. It's just the way I am. That 75% of the time, you're not going to ruin. You, you might ruin some. You might, someone might feel, oh, Jesus, when they get in their car. Oh, did you? They corrected us. But you're going to make someone else feel like a million bucks. And it could be a 12-year-old. It could be a 10-year-old. Who knows how young they go. And, and seeing adults stick up for you because you look up to them, sure, it makes you feel good. Especially if, if adults do it without knowing about you. If you of sit course. there and it's a secret you're holding on, and then some, some random person, not random, but like a person that really you mm. don't, doesn't know anything about you stands up for the right thing. I mean, the, the amount of hope that will give that, per, that kid or, right. or a grown-up doesn't have to be a kid. Yeah. So here's the other thing. Speaking of empathy is not a competition. You know, that came out of my mouth when I did the Mark Maron show. And boy, does it just keep coming up again. We re- we, I'm not going to give the guy's name because he eventually, genuinely, uh, I think, felt bad about saying it. But it just echoes empathy is not a competition. We were um, – they read the PSA, and they said that gay kids don't have the market cornered on suicide. Now, I bet there's people. They open it with, fuck you, Todd, for well, no, only was, seeing your on, issue. Hold on. That's, that was their third email. Oh, okay. Their first email, they said something, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever it was. I, 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 it was that necessary. Was that a little aggressive, they said, on their first text, on their first. Uh, heavy-handed. On tweet. Yes. On their first tweet. Wasn't that a little heavy-handed? I only tweeted back one person. Every, 99% of them were positive, and I all think that's good for anybody listening that's, again, younger, going through this. 99 
more were positive. Just so you know what the reaction to something like that is, you should have that in perspective of the world you live in. Well, that's there, how uncommon it was that we got a, that you got a negative tweet because you answered it. That you felt yes. compelled to answer it. And I just wrote back. Was that a little heavy handed? I wrote back no. And then later they wrote something again. I'm paraphrasing uh, something about like. You know, there's other kids that take their lives. Gay kids don't have the co- market cornered on suicide. And first thing I thought is, God, when, the, uh, when where expressions come from somewhere, you're arguing with yourself. You're arguing with yourself. Like, of course, every child's life, whether whatever they kill themselves for, every child's life is 100% of the problem. It's that, uh, that every person is 100% of a human. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? I hope I'm saying it clear. I don't write someone else off. I just took this cause. And I, and I, by the way, I don't just take this cause. I've said it a million times. I want a flag that says, leave everybody the fuck alone. I want to go bigger. I always want to remind myself of that. I want to go past the gay thing, way past it, and just go, whatever's next around the corner, leave them alone too. But this person, you know, they said eventually they took it down. They thought of their childhood and, but they're not the only ones. Again, I wouldn't, rep- I wouldn't say this. Just let me get this thought out. Um, that, first of all, it, it, yes, I, I, I don't want to go eat my words, but I'm going to repeat what I said to you, Daniel, why I think that there are more gay kids killing themselves than maybe straight you kids. You don't think that. That's, that's a that, fact. That's a fact. That's Eight right. times. Gay kids are right. eight times as likely to right. commit suicide as straight kids. Right. And again, I'm going to go into this slow because God knows you have to or, uh, you know, you, you, people get confused. That does not negate that the child that kills himself for another reason, <laughs> you know, it feels funny coming out of my mouth because it's like, of course, of course, but I'm saying it. But the reason it is, I think, is because when the whole world might be giving you shit, at least you have the love of your parents. And still life might suck because there's kids out there going through shit that aren't gay and their parents do love them and it still blows if you're getting picked on at school. But at least you do have your mom and dad to come home to. And at least if you're having troubles outside of being gay, again, it does not lessen their pain at all. But I'm just sort of explaining why that stat is what it is. And you don't have – and again, oh, talk about over-prefacing twice in the same in the same gr- – what we're talking about here. But you don't have religion also something as a little kid you look up to and that's not only your parents it's larger than that it, your community that community or that 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 uh, the the uh, the the church or the synagogue or whatever you go to represents god now as you get older you realize that organized religion has nothing to do with god i thought you were going to say there is no god no, <laughs> as you get no. older you realize no 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 i don't i don't really like to get into that well, on the show this because, isn't about religion no it's not and and i do actually i don't i do believe this if People are apart, and this is the thing. I thought I made this so clear. There are religious organizations that don't preach hate. Zero. And by the way, not preaching hate isn't this. Let's make it very clear. If you're going, come on in, we accept everybody. Accept everybody to change them or accept them because you accept them. And again, we're going on, you know, so – but yes, the answer to that is yes. There are religious groups, synagogues, churches that are saying, no, no, we accept you as you are – a healthy, fine human being. If you're going to an organization like that, I, 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 I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. you get some spiritual fulfillment out of that and, no, and you come out with no hate, who's to say what you – leave everybody the fuck alone. Right. We're preaching that. Right. So that so – that, exactly. I don't want to mirror the type of behavior. Right. So, so I do realize that there are organizations, and I hope this is the last time that I have to say it, but I guess not everybody listens to this podcast, so I might have to say it again. I am aware that there are churches and synagogues and other types of organizations that the masses know to be 
um, against it, but there are individual ones that don't stand for it, and I really respect that. Matter of fact, I got an email from one, and I think it deserves the air uh, to be to be read on the air because this is not the, the way this group is saying it, and this is a Catholic person, but the way they read it, the way they said it was ironclad, like, no, it wasn't tried to say, come on in, and we accept you, and like, well, what do they mean here? Do they accept me, or they accept me to, like we just said, to help me? And um, so that's what I was trying to say before I wrap it up, before I have Katie read this. Yes, that, that's probably why when gay, the, 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 the rate of gay kids killing themselves is because you, you have your parents in some situations that aren't accepting you. And peers? The peers, but that's equal to everybody. A oh, lot yeah. of times, yeah, we're okay. just trying to think, what, why is it more than other groups of kids? And I think it's because everybody has their peers to deal with, right. and that, blow, right. that sucks hard enough. But then you have your parents and then religion, the biggest thing in the world, and they're telling you it's wrong. And they know everything when you're a little kid. That's how you perceive it. They know everything. That's the almighty. I might have a kid at school bullying me, and that sucks. I don't want to underplay it. I want to soak it in right there for the kid that's not gay that's going, I'm just getting bull. That sucks. Waking up with a stomach ache. It sucks. But you go home. Maybe you have your parents. But then to also have the almighty, the person that is in charge of getting you into heaven and that will not make you burn for eternal hell is also telling you, let's get help here. I'm not, I'm not I'm hateful towards you. I just want to help you. That's why the suicide rate is higher with those kids. I, I will say this. This isn't about religion. I know. But let me don't, just Don't get even creep down there. One thing that I think it's funny that in the Bible, there is one passage that could be construed as anti-gay. And that's the one passage that they always use. It's the one thing. And every religious person that uses their religion as a reason to be homophobic, they always bring up this one thing. There must be a hundred passages about love and acceptance. And that never sunk in. It's the one single thing out of both those books that's constantly being used. And again, I'm going to make it clear. We're not talking about organizations that don't preach hate or people that are – I know people that believe in God, but they go, I don't have to go to a place. It's it's God's God's me and my thought with God, and that's between me and him. And certainly God is not homophobic. Um, But – so anyway, um, yeah, because, you know, again, and I've said this before, this is not – Someone listening right now to change the view of somebody. I get it. I wouldn't. Or if somebody says, you're going to listen to this and it's someone else. But it's, again, for younger people to go. When people reference the Bible, the Bible, not God. Just, just I'm, I'm, yeah, you could say I'm attacking the, the, not even the Bible. I'm attacking the perception of the Bible. When mm-hmm. organized religions, when organized religion perceives what the Bible says. Right. Their track record. Interpretation. Their interpretation is where it all goes bad. I get it. It's their interpretation is where it all goes bad. Let's make the one thing clear. If you're younger right now, their interpretation has been fucking evil to a lot of groups over the years. Right. And that's not my opinion. By the way, I can throw off at the mouth and still have the ability to go, but my opinion. It's not my opinion. It's not my opinion. They have not been on the forefront of a lot of things. So just know that in your heart and go, go look it up. Go look at the other things that they were also use their interpretation of the Bible to be evil towards groups of people. And uh, can you read that? Because um, um, it's the highlighted thing. What does it say? Who's, who wrote it? Uh, Adam Cousins. Okay. Hi, my name is Adam. I'm a Christian and I don't give a shit. Be gay, be straight. Just keep loving life and doing what you're doing. Fuck it, fuck him, fuck her. Do whatever you want. It is your only life. Don't, be, don't feel scared to express yourself during this short time on earth. So that's somebody obviously that, you know, yeah, yeah. That's not, there's no gray area there. 
The last comic standing. I think this is a really important thing. No, no, it has to do with the letter that oh. I had emailed. Jesus, looks like I'm really changing the <laughs> subjects here. Good. Last comic standing. Uh, the, the, uh, this the only reason I'm bringing this up is because someone emailed me about it. That Alonzo Bowden was talking about it on another talk show. And in all fairness to Alonzo, no, no disrespect to me, he told the story very well. Something happened on the bus when they were taking us from one area to another. Of course, they had to do it on a school bus to make us feel as uh, low as we could. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so um, somebody yelled out. Uh, from the street, uh, hey, they recognize, hey, comedians, they recognize the comedians. And in the bus with all the windows shut, I said, now I'm almost mortified to say what I said, but I think, you know, the truth tells the truth, and I think everyone will go, yeah, it sounds like Todd's being honest. But I, but I, I can be, say being, what you said, though. I, I, can, I can be being honest, but also still made a mistake, and I'll tell you what the mistake was. I thought this was safe to say in a bus full of comedians because I perceived that we were all open minded. And, I wasn't sure. It's one thing if I'm hanging out with my friends, and I'll, we'll get there, just be patient, with I'm hanging out with my friends who know what's in my gut of guts, then you can say something twisted and demented. That's why it's funny, because they know it's not what's in your heart, in your gut, and you can say whatever you want. The juxtaposition, the juxtaposition. Of, the, uh, of your real opinion and right. of the fake opinion, it right. creates the comedy. The, the one that I always use is because I'm Jewish, and if I see one Jewish person in my neighborhood, I'll go, oh my God, the Jews are swarming all over. Hopefully that's only funny to my friends because they know, not only because I'm Jewish, because you could be a self-loathing Jew, they know that I don't care what someone's religion is, you're kind to me, so that's why it's funny. And if you're not fucking 100% positive about that, and I have slipped, and I'm much more careful about that now, that doesn't mean in the close circle of my close friends, when I am one fucking 100% sure what's in their heart, that I will still make twisted, demented jokes. I will, but I'll be careful. So... You have a story, I have a story, I'll finish mine. So on the bus, we were going somewhere, all the windows were shut. That's the only difference that Alonzo was a little off on. I would, have, I would have known even then not to do that, yell out the window. The windows were shut, and I said it to everybody on the bus. I went, just a comedic absurdity. I went, someone was taking a picture, noticed we were the comics, and went, Oh, what's the matter? You never saw a, uh, you never saw a bus with comedians, you faggot? And it got, you know, it, I... I then that turned into a big ordeal. Some people got upset that I said that and in the bus. And I thought later, I made the mistake. It wasn't my job to go relax. I don't mean it. Because that's what a lot of people do. Here's the problem with saying relax, I don't mean it. It's the same thing that hateful people say. So even if you're being honest, it's not your job. It's your job not to say it in company. Like I said, to repeat myself, where everyone's positive. I got lazy. And... I'm sure I've done it other times. I always think because someone's a good comedian or I perceive them to be a good comedian that also they, they have – I always think like, you know, they're like Paul F. Tompkins. I don't mean to overly compliment Paul F. Tompkins or a guy like Greg Proops or Dana Gould. You know what I mean? Guys that you just know are spiritually evolved, right? which good artists tend to be, by the way, most of the time. So I, you know, I, uh, I got a little – I got lazy. Now, you had the same – do you want to tell your story or do you think – Yeah, I – I feel like I've told it before. We we didn't know. We never. We oh, know. Okay. Um, I have a friend. Oh, by the way, the reason I think this is important because I almost didn't is because I think a lot of people do this, and I know even in my comedic community, there's some people going, "Oh no, I still." I know people that don't agree with me with the retarded using the word retarded thing still. So here's why: using it lazily, you don't know who's around you. You don't know that it's just it perpetuates th- their hate. You don't have any hate. They do. And your, your comments that you're saying sarcastically perpetuate their fire. Right. And you, Okay, so go ahead. A- after your Mark Maron interview, uh, a friend of a friend uh, came up to, um, to a friend of mine, 
uh, who I met this guy through somebody else. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So he came up and he goes, oh, my God, I can't believe Tyler had mentioned Daniel Aquino. I thought uh, Daniel Aquino was like the most homophobic person I've ever met. Or or just homophobic. Maybe he didn't say all that. And then I went, well, why would he think that? And then me and my friend sat down and we started to track it down. And, yeah, I do, I have, in the past, said faggot. Where my buddy would be getting, getting ready to go to the opera with his girlfriend. And they look in suits and look amazing. And I'd go, oh, look at you, a couple of faggots. I, it was funny to me. It's still funny to me on a you know, twisted level. But there were, he was around one, some of those times. He was, and this is a gay person. He, was there. he doesn't know me from Adam. He just knows I'm comedian. You made a mistake. I made a mistake. Right. In a room that's not full of people that I know 100% get me and know me, I still went out and I made those jokes. In a room with strangers. And by the way, and that's that's my fault. I should have known better as an involved person, and especially as a professional right. comedian. And I and I used to think that I sometimes in this case I do overly clarify things. We're not talking about hey, when you're in a room with your friends, that's when you can be prejudiced. Hey, that might be somebody else's thing. That's not my thing. My thing is when I'm in a room with my friends that I know where their hearts are, then you could say twisted things, a juxtaposition. It's not a juxtaposition if they don't know your fucking position. Right. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's just hate. It's just hate. That's pretty so, good. So there we learn. We learn, and I hope people listening go, oh, yeah, you know, be careful. You know, you say something. So there we go. There's that. Um, you know, I, I, this, is, this is like I, I realized something that I think my dad said a long time ago. If you don't want to – if you want to make things right as opposed to being right, things can be a lot better. I don't just – you know, people go, well, Todd, you have your opinions, and I have mine. So you can throw off at the mouth all you want. I don't agree. No, some of my opinions are backed up by facts. And this has to do with gay people when people go, you can be equal but not get all the same rights. And, 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 they, and they sometimes get a little angry, I would imagine. No, that doesn't mean that. You can, you can be equal and not get to do all the same things. But if you use that logic toward something we passed already, it sounds a little silly. And I'm with that – with this conviction, I'm going to make pretend it's – look, again – you know, I, I I hope I'll make my point here. Uh, let's say it's uh, women, you know, that uh, want to be on the police force or want to do jobs that were traditionally for, you know, for men. Yeah. Someone could go, oh, because someone knew it would be wrong back then. They were evolved enough not to go, no, women aren't equal. No, they're not. That's why I don't want them to have those jobs. They're not equal. That's why. Okay. They knew that that didn't sound right. I, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. So they would go, no, women are equal. Of course. Picture if they were talking about it on the news. You know how it always comes out. Po- of course, women should be equal. Matter of fact, I mar- but you know, there's still positions that men have and women have, and a woman could be equal, but that doesn't mean she should be on the police force or whatever they weren't allowed to do. I'm even moving past voting, yeah. trying to you know make it relatable to the listening audience. That's you know, uh, hey, it, it wasn't until probably 70s. Remember, like you have that a comedian. We won't say who it is. It's a famous comedian or a you know beloved comedian. So this isn't an indication of, of his views or talent, but there was a joke where you would go mention uh, a, a black pilot as being hilarious. The well, idea one, of, of, of there being a black pilot, this is the 70s probably, right? Yeah, and, and this is in our lifetime, in my oh. lifetime. You know, so it's like, so we've always tried to say that like, you know, it, it, we try to go, well, no, equality doesn't mean they get to do everything. So equating it to the gay thing, it's like, no, I'm not saying gay people aren't equal. There's no, we're talking about the people, when I'm maybe the 90 percenters again. No, they're equal. You just don't get to get married. Well, I'm telling you, it always looks foolish 20, 30 years later when you go back to compare it to any other pain that other people went through. It ends up when it's all dead and, sun, dead, 
done and said uh, that equal means fucking equal. They get to do every fucking thing you get to do. And here's why I say if you like to be right, and who doesn't, even if open-mindedness doesn't come from your heart, hopefully it will, so you don't give a fuck about being right or wrong. You just do it because it comes from your heart. Let's say it doesn't come from your heart. In your heart, you don't think gay people are equal, but you like being right. Well, look at the history. We have never once, and I think I might have said this on the last show, but I want it isolated in this show, given a group of people rights. Not once. That's not hard to say. Usually someone has to stop you and go, hey, whoa, 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 Todd, don't exaggerate. You lose your cause here. It's, there's been a few times, but you're right the majority of the time. Not fucking once. That's just the fucking way it is. Has there ever been a time in the history where we've given people rights and looked back and went, we, the one group we gave rights to, it was a mistake, was this group. It doesn't happen. And by the way, let's say, I'm going to say congressperson running for office would to hear this and go, no, there was one. Say it, pussy. And say it. Say it. Say what it is when you're sitting there going, no, no, he's wrong. There was that one group we gave those rights to, and I thought that was wrong. Say it. You know why you won't, probably? Because the rest of the world has at least publicly moved past that. Now, when you're with your friends at the dining room table and all your other racist or sexist or homophobic friends are around, you might say it. But say it publicly. I would love to put that. Say it in a job interview. I would love to put that past if I was get to ask a congressman a question. Put it like that. You know, I know we're fighting for these rights. Has there ever been another group that ended up getting 100% of rights that you look back and went we shouldn't have? If he would say no and then go, well, why do you think this is going to be any fucking different? Well, yeah, you know, Chris Matthews took it to – it doesn't even matter. He okay. took it to Rick uh, – what was his name? Jesus, that's how long it took me to forget his name. Rick – Oh, uh, Rick uh, – uh, um, I know, Centorum. Centorum, and he said – well, this is your position on gay marriage. How do I know you would, have, you would not have had a different position in 1958 with civil rights? How do I know? This is a group of people. We're trying to get them their rights, and you're against it. Well, I've said that a million times. How do I, I go, know you wouldn't have been? If you want to know what your stance, a lot of people go, well, I'll never know. I don't, okay, what would I have done in 19, and this includes me too. Mm -hmm. This includes me too. How would I, what would I have done in the civil rights, with civil rights? What would I have done with women's rights? Where would I have been? Uh, I'll never know. There's no way to know. Yes, there is. What are you doing for the plight today that's on the table in front of you? How much are you involved? Because, you know, if you look at – someone pointed this out, and I wish I remembered who it was because I thought it would make a great billboard. If you look back at some of the uh, – when they were marching for civil rights and you look at pictures that were taken by masses and you see like 90 – Eight ninety nine percent black people marching and you see some white people in the crowd. You know what you see? Fucking brilliance. And I thought it would have been a good billboard to have that mass shot and then circle somebody and go, would have that been you or that's a hero or something, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. that because that's and I say this to myself, too, you know, speak up. I still have had situations. Yeah, because that way it doesn't look self-fulfilling. You've got to stand up for, 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 for a group of people that you're not a part of right. for it to be cl you know, clean. Right. It, it, you should throw off at the mouth for other groups yeah. because now that I'm open about it, I used to throw off at the mouth on stage when, I was, when people thought I was straight because they thought, oh, that's a straight guy that's pretty cool. Now I can't do it as much. But, but I can – You've I'm ruined not, it by coming yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that's what we're talking about, you know uh, – you know, we've. Uh, oh, I was just talking about the civil rights and being ahead of yeah. your time. Oh, and that's how you know where you're at. Like you, you'll know. Like you, you know, it, look back. You want to know what you would have done 
with civil rights or women's rights or any other people's rights, look where you're at on this one, and then and then you can always get better. Or slavery doesn't even have to be civil rights. How about just slavery? Where would you have been with anything yeah. in marching forward past it? Okay, we're doing all right. We're coming up. Uh, we're almost. We're going through this. Um, okay. Talked about that. Try not to find a, a loophole in something I'm saying. But, yeah, okay, we talked about that. I'm just leaving all this in. It's okay. Sean Hand wrote me a letter today. Um, somebody, sometimes people come up to me after the show. This also goes back to empathy is not a competition. And compared what he's going through with drugs to, to, the, to uh, without getting into it in detail, he made some, you know, it made sense to me. And then he went, oh, I hope I'm not comparing your plight to my plight. And it reminded me of a story that I had happen with a doorman at a comedy club did the same thing. And he compared his drug problem because I said when I first went out, I felt naked and went to places. And he compared it and he went, oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to compare it. And I said, you are absolutely fine with comparing it. I'll, because you know what? And I made, I've said this before, but I wanted isolated it here. I know you could go if somebody with blonde hair came up to you and went, I know what you're going through a little because I had blonde hair. And Okay, then you could go, not that. But you know what? I'll take that too. When someone's trying to relate with you, even if you feel that they're comparing it to something that isn't the same, the, the same plight you went through or the same as frustrating as one you went through or heartbreaking as what you went through, guess what they're doing if they're trying? They're probably a compassionate person trying to get into your heart. So don't be so quick to say that your struggle is worse than their struggle. Right. Because they're trying to relate. Even if you walk away and maybe you say, oh, you know what I mean? I'm trying yeah. to like, but, but I was fine with it, the, the person going through the drug problem. I was like, hey, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. Not on every level is it the same, but, you know. But the fact that you're looking in that direction yes. is what is good. And um, I, I said that I've tried to use my life. You know, once, you know, you, sort of growing up the way I grew up and, and, you know, being in the closet, it let me have more empathy for other people. And, you know, I've said this before that it's very easy. And that's why I tried to drop heavy jokes out of my act and tried to do other things like that. Because, you know, it's very easy to point the finger at someone that's heavier or someone that's addicted to drugs. Now, this is not to say that someone's heavier should not try to lose weight. It's unhealthy. Or someone that's on drugs to get off drugs. Obviously, I don't leave anything unsaid. I don't want anyone to go, is Todd saying people that are on drugs? No. You know, you, you know, you have children. You have parents. You're ruining your fucking life. But that doesn't mean that I can't have compassion and I think some people, when they see someone that has a drug, you know, maybe a really bad drug habit or anything or, or overweight to go, you got to do something about it. Just because your thing isn't as visible, maybe it's not making you overweight. Maybe it's not making your face gaunt and your teeth rot as, dr- as certain drugs would. Maybe your thing is more hideable. But I bet there's something. I bet there's something. And what, what is the something that I'm talking about? Something that short term, short term gratification for long-term horror and the example i always give is guy or girl someone that's totally unempathetic to somebody fat or somebody that's heavy or someone that's i should say heavy or what hey i I think people understand my point or someone that's on drugs or something like that what's your short-term fix something that feels good short-term but long-term is causing horror i bet there's something there that I could slap you in your fucking face with uh someone that maybe cheats on their wife or a wife that cheats on their husband now, somebody that sit, picture that person. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, I don't know. Lose weight. Man. Yeah. Why don't you stop cheating? Oh, short term gratification. But long term, it's affecting you. You're not dumb. Are you? You're just doing a dumb thing because it's hard. Yeah. So before you judge someone else, take a look, search through everything you do. It doesn't have to be as bad as what they're doing. That's not the point. 
You just need a little morsel of something you do to have a little bit of empathy. Because I did say on the show last week on the opening, and I really do believe this. I got a few emails from people that are going through, you know, trying to be sober. And I said this. I hope this helps you. Whenever I meet somebody that has a drug problem, I said this on the opening of last week's show. But again, I'm trying to isolate a lot into this show as we go for the close here. Um, I look at someone when I found out they've been sober for a year or two years. I look at them like they're a superhero because I know that's hard. I know it's hard. And you want to know how hard it is? Whatever you do in your life, that try to stop it overnight. Even if it's not that bad. Maybe it's you wake up at 12 and you're going, what am I doing waking up at 12? I, I'm, I'm this age and I haven't done this. Stop it tomorrow. Stop it tomorrow. And when you can't, you'll go, you'll understand. And that person was able to do that with liquor or get off heroin. Yeah, you're a superhero. And get your life back together. So that when you're, when you're struggling, and I know it sucks, know that I, I, and I'm sure I echo other people, have a lot of admiration for that. So... Talk about ending on a heavy note. Here it is. Can I just say one thing really quick? Anytime I see somebody preaching, uh, I don't mean in a, I do mean in a religious way, but not exclusively in a religious way. Anytime I see somebody preaching about a group of people that are doing something that's not hurting themselves or anyone else, and you have a problem, and that person has a problem with that group of people, my my immediate thought is, well, what's wrong with him? Why is he that unhappy with himself? That he has to, or herself, that he has to go out and fix something that doesn't concern him. Well, yeah, that's what we also said. That some people would say that just because you're the whole you were born game. By the way, if you want to look up a funny thing, Danny Bevins. Danny Bevins has my favorite. Uh, can you call it a gay joke? Yeah, well, it's, or, it's, oh, it's, it's on the topic. Danny Bevins says uh, was a hilarious comedian and uh, very very funny. Uh, he has a joke where he says people that you know talking about people who believe homosexuality is a choice. He goes, really? That means that. You believe you could be talked into it? Yeah, just no one's giving you the... And then you said something amazing, which it never even crossed my mind. Well, I said because I understand why we were trying to make people think that you're born that way because it's, it's hard not to say that because you want to go, believe me, I didn't choose this. It's been a, a tough life. So I understand why, and, and I do believe that you were born that right. way. I understand why but, people... I know. I understand why people want to say it, but... One day it just came to me. So what if it fucking is a choice? Yeah. This is where, I, I'm, again, because I know there's some kid that hears this type of stuff, and I'm trying to give you things that could combat, because you can't have your own opinion, but sometimes facts can really fuck someone up that has a wrong opinion, and their facts don't match up. So if somebody was to say, you know, talk about whether it's a choice or whether it's not, let's say, they're, I'm sure on the opposing view they're going, well, it doesn't matter if you were born that way. Now keep in mind, I don't feel this way, obviously, but I'm getting into the head of somebody else. Yeah, people are born or they turn into child molesters or sexual predators. And just because you were born that way or your chemical, you know, imbalance makes you do certain things, you get help. The the thing here with that is, here's the the, the problem with that for me, because you can never prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. You can never go, no, 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 that's a disease that isn't, is that. You're, think about all the causes you have in life. And by the way, I don't make fun of people's causes. When someone goes, I help animals, I'm not the one to go, oh, really? They're sick, they're sick kids. Right, right. They're sick kids. You're helping animals. That's their plight. That's, their, that's what they're doing. By the way, I bet you don't do anything for right. anybody. Who are you be- helping? Because you would understand what a plight was and what your mission was. You wouldn't dismiss someone else's. So, so when your plight, and again, is about two people, even if it is a sickness, and it fucking isn't. I can't bypass that hypothetical 
you know, mm-hmm. without really going ironclad that it isn't. But even if someone thinks it is, think about what your cause is. There's a lot of bad things going on in this world, and your cause is two adults that are not hurting anybody. They're not hurting anybody. When you compare it, well, you're born a pedophile, because I've heard people compare that. This, you know, you, you, know there's the, you get help it's just because it's in you. You get help. We're not defined that it's in you, but you need to help to get it out of you, just like a sick person would. There's two, it's funny in this scenario, there's two adults or two consenting adults and no one's getting hurt. And that's where you're putting your energy into. That's where you're putting your energy into. And the only reason you can explain how it hurts you, because it doesn't on an everyday basis, is go to, and I'll be crystal clear with this. I'm going to figure out how to say this every time. You're going to a, not God, you're not going to God, because if there is a God, and I'm not sure, he's fine with it, trust me. You're going to a group of people that their interpretation of what God says, you're going to that. Right. To, to cause somebody a lot of pain when they've, you know, anyway, I, gotta, I, I think I, I did all right. So, you know, that, that's it. So, you know, there's the, that and, is and weird that that's your plight when it's two adults that aren't hurting anybody. And uh, that's just, you know. Did I make myself clear with that? Yeah, I got it. So far, I felt good the whole show, except that last five-minute little chunk I got a little little bogged up on. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, and if you're a Republican, as let, I've let learned— me, Let's wrap up with that. Oh, okay. Because— um, here's Are we going to read that email? Yeah, I'm going to read this email and talk about ending on, like, a really heavy note. But I think it's important, and I'm going to say this again. You know, even, even after when I went on the, went on the Mark Maron show, I flipped back and forth. Um, Mark Maron show— I got a little lazy. I wanted to start that campaign. I wanted to do the PSA. I just didn't. I got a little bit lazy. You know, I'm not, I don't live in a different world than everybody else. And I got this letter, and I want to let Katie read it. It's, you know, first I thought, is it, should, we, should we read this on the air? It's a, it's a little bit heavy. But I think it's important because I was driving down Melrose. And I, you know what? There's nothing wrong with being dramatic if it went down that way. And this is the way it went down. This really really was very powerful for me. I pulled over, you know, and uh, because I was trying to get directions somewhere, and then an email came in, and then I read it, and I pulled over. I, I mean, I stayed pulled over, and I, and I read the entire email, and it was, I was like, it reminded me, like, this is what's fucking going on to speak up. So, again, I think it's important to remind us this letter represents a lot of kids that are going through this, and... Um, the letter speaks for itself, so read the letter, and we'll comment on it, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. Dear Todd, what I appreciate is your motivation for coming out. Let me share my story with you. At the age of 14, in 2002, I attempted suicide because I didn't want to be gay, and I survived it. I placed a trash bag over my head and duct taped it around my neck with the intention of suffocating myself. I ended up poking a hole at the mouth with scissors just before I passed out, which I still have a scar above my lip from those scissors because I didn't aim very well. I still remember it vividly. It was the scariest moment of my life. I cried uncontrollably for hours after that. I've told no one about that incident. Nobody knows. My parents were out of town and my sister was at her boyfriend's, except you. It's one of my most private secrets. I share it with you because when I was in high school, I didn't have role models like you. And trust me, at age 14, your Comedy Central Presents special was one I had taped and watched over and over. So you were definitely one of my role models. I didn't have a person that I could look up to and gain my own strength from. There was nobody there to tell me it was okay. What you did is important. It is important to come out even if only... Sorry. It is important to come out even if only one person finds strength from your example. Believe it or not, you might have saved a life. I know a 
I know 14-year-old me would have liked to hear what you had to say. All right, except for the part, my Comedy Central special. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that I mean, you know, that, that's why when I say, like, when someone's telling a child that they're not all right, I have to take all tone out of my voice to say that's an ill person. Otherwise, it just sounds like you're going, oh, you're ill. No, no, no tone. That's why that PSA was right. You know, you're, you're, if, if you use any other example to tell a child they're not all right, if you, if, if, if you told, use it, if, if you had a daughter that you, you know, if you told your daughter she wasn't equal and that's why she shouldn't be able to go to college and you told her and then people heard that and over, and someone said, is that right that those parents are doing it? You think it'd be a big conversation? Think people would defend it? You think people, so if you tell a child that they're not all right and normal and healthy, that's really, I mean, you have a sickness. And look, the person that has that sickness, if these words fall into their ears, that's not going to really change them. But it, I wanted to do two things, like I said before. Before you type, do that to a child or an adult or anybody, really have some thought about what you're doing. Really think about what you're doing. Be fucking sure while you're fucking someone's life up. And yes, I think of that kid rapping I'm not being dramatic. Why, why, as a comedian, we mock people when they're being fake dramatic. So when I'm sitting here, yes, that's my paranoia. I'm not. I think about a kid taking duct tape and wrapping it around his fucking head with a plastic bag over it when there's nothing wrong with him. 90 percenters, that's why you want to go to 100. Go one way or the other. Go one way or the other. Go all the way. Or, or stick to what you believe. At least you have a, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And 100 percenters, because of that email, be vocal. Be vocal about it. Because, you know, it's just, uh, you know, that's just, that's crazy that a kid has to do that. That's crazy. And then when you see people that are running for the president of the United States, the president, the office of the, you know, yeah. they're running to be the president are not ironclad about this. I'll and let me tell you something. No one thing for fucking sure. Remember we said, oh, we don't know. What would someone's stance have been? You, if you're a woman or if you're black, again, any group that's been judged for something other than your actions, and you're not sure how Mitt Romney or those people would have voted for you, come on. Can't we agree on this? We fucking know where they would have been. You, oh, really, if you're a woman and you're homophobic, you don't think you know. Let me tell you something. We think we know, or if you're black, where he would have been. He might, and, I, and where he still might be. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where he probably is, but he knows he can't echo those sentiments right. anymore. He's got to keep those with his closest of friends. So, you know, what you're basically saying is, and again, I'm repeating myself sometimes. No, 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 no. Those people were mistreated because it was justifiable. Gay people are getting this uh, type of um, treatment, but it's right. Our treatment was wrong. That's the difference. Doesn't that sound just so, for a lack of a more articulate word, piggy? The piggest of all pigs? That's piggish and not the animal, not the creature, the beautiful creature. A pig of gluttonous. What a pig to go, no, to, to say your plight. No, if you're, again, oh, we're, we're echoing people. Anybody who's homophobic, racist is wrong. But when you have been a victim of it, and then I don't know what their rationalization is. I would imagine I'm putting words in their mouth, but they're going, no, our group was, you know, not treated fairly. But, but you know, we, we, that wasn't right. This group is being treated unfairly right.
Come on. Come on. Come on. So, not, again, if, if my goal today was to take people that were incredibly homophobic as we go to rap here, look, I, I, I believe it happens, and that's awesome when somebody is completely racist. People write books and people tell stories on shows about how they used to feel this way and they've evolved. That's great, but it's hard. But it's not so hard to get 90 percenters to go 100 and 100 start being more vocal. And, uh, you know, so overall today, you know, I hope that if someone's listening again, I always say, especially when they're younger, just know I've said the same thing when I was on Paul F. Tompkins. You are, you know, I can't change what you're going through in your life. I wish I could. That's why when you give sort of, uh, you know, just a, a fairy tale of hope, like, you know what I mean? Like right now they're living what they're living and it sucks. But just in your gut of guts, you know that you are fine. And that there's a shitload of people out there that think you're fine. People you don't know. You walk down the street, you perceive who would be all right with you and who wouldn't be all right with you. Let me tell you something. By the emails I've gotten and people that have come up to me after shows, it's, you'd, be, you'd be... Don't assume anything. Don't assume because you'd be pleasantly surprised. Again, there's a lot of evil people in the world, but there's a shitload of good people. So that, that's sort of the message I wanted to leave, because if you say to those people and, you know, oh, they're wrong, it doesn't help them in the moment. In the moment, it just sucks what they're going through. So that's why, you know, that I wanted to end that way. And that's why I wanted to we, we are going to start putting some videos up on our site. Facebook.com Facebook slash Todd Glass Show. And then we'll move them to YouTube. We'll Let us set the examples for you first. You're going to put it in your own words, but let us put them on there and then you'll have a guideline to follow. And I think it's a really good thing. And people can send those to Todd at Nerdist.com. Right. So, uh, you know, there we go. Uh, someone sent me something from, who was the singer, the songer, the songwriter? A Guthrie? Uh, a Woody Guthrie. A song, and supposedly it was about... Um, gay rights. Gay rights in 1930? Sounds about right. Be him. Be him. Because that's crazy. That's like the person... It was marching for civil rights in the in the. Woody Guthrie, you know, he wrote that song. This land is your land. You know that song? Yes, that's Woody Guthrie. Really? Uh huh. Well, I like that song. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll end the show by playing that song. Uh, it, it, you know, it's it's a little even hard to hear, but it represents in 1930 that there was someone so progressive. You, you know, he wasn't a victim of the times. He don't have to be when people say oh, that's the way it was back then. No, that's the way you were back then. That person in the, in the, that I picture on the billboard, whatever the amount of white people were there, they don't have to tell that story. Oh, that's the way it was back then. Not for your grandpa and grandma. We weren't fucking like that. Mr. Guthrie, yeah. 1930, didn't become a victim of the times. He was a leader. So there we go. Be a leader. Don't be a victim. That's true. There you go. All righty, everybody. Um, the song, oh, the song's coming on. I got to go. All right. Uh, Call or go ahead. I love the show. All right, bye, everybody. The last time I saw his false-hearted smile Dead on his cooling board The heart and it's hard ain't it hard To love one that never did love you Hard and it's hard ain't it hard Great God to love one that never will be there is a house in this town That's where my true love lays around Takes other women right down on his knees 
Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com.